1: Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams, so you know what that means. And if you don't know, now you know. It's Jake Ellen Bogan today from Downtown Rams. We are talking all things Rams. We're looking back at last week a little bit. We're going to talk about this upcoming matchup, and we're doing it here on Lockdown Rams, your team, every day. Only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Guys, don't forget you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. Download it, subscribe it, share it with some friends, hit the like button, leave a comment. We love all of your feedback. And including that, hit us up on social. Lockdown Rams on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. As well, you can find Downtown Rams at downtownrams.com. Also on all those social media platforms. My personal is LA underscore Rambling Bear. Our guest coming up, Jake Ellenbogen, you can find him at dtr. Hit the follow, interact. He is doing some awesome stuff up there right now, and including getting into some film session, which we'll talk to about with him a little bit later. But like I said, we've got an awesome show for you guys today. So with that, let's just get right into it. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by Jake Ellenbogen, and this is your lead story. Jake, we saw the Rams get back on track offensively last week versus the Falcons. They moved the pocket for Jared Goff. They used the play action well. They had a balanced attack in the running game, in the passing game. And our O-line played a lot better. In your opinion, what was the most important step for the Rams that you saw them moving forward offensively? I think the
2: most important step moving forward was really figuring out that they didn't have the right left guard in place. And it really just comes down to that for me. Um, you could have had anything happen in this game, but man finding david edwards uh just got done watching my third uh you know film uh you know all the way through and everything and david edwards was not only good he was not just uh you know a, a little bit better than average i mean he was really good okay and and i've heard a lot of well, you know, it's the Falcons defensive line. I was like, right, right. Yeah, well, you know, who's on that Falcons defensive line? The second highest paid defensive lineman, Grady Jarrett. So let's not act like this is like a total pushover. They have talent, okay? Um, I would make the argument that uh, Edwards would have done just as well uh, against the 49ers defensive line. The reason I say that is because he would have played his game. That is what he is. He was overpowering in this one. Um, He had to help out Whitworth, not vice versa. I saw a lot of help from Edwards, the rookie, helping out the vet and Andrew Whitworth, um, you know, double teaming the guys that he needed to double team. Um, You know, I I was really impressed with him uh, for starter.
1: I want to jump in there because I think one of the videos that you shared uh, on Twitter was this awesome play of looking at Edwards, and he has his man in front of him. He gets a big push. That guy goes inside, and then he chips out to the left to help out Andrew Whitworth like you are just talking about. And it looked like a very like veteran type of block in a, in a sense, like a, like a very skilled type of move at that position. And for a rookie, when I saw that, I was just extremely impressed and also really excited about what he can be moving forward with Aaron Cromer as his coach and really Andrew Whitworth next to him learning, you know, even more technique and things like that. Uh, And as we look at it, he said, this is the best thing for us at left guard. And he really improved that looking at our right guard, not so impressed. Right. I mean, we've really struggled. Blythe is not the Austin Blythe of last year. Um, Brian Allen struggled at center, even though both those guys played a little bit better. Uh, Do we need to find a new right guard to go with our new left guard and and what are our options moving forward? And, And how does that offense align? Look, or this is kind of our best look going forward.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I totally agree. And and uh, Vinny uh from the Athletic brought up a really good point. Um, you know, he did roll his ankle against the Saints last year and hasn't really been the same. And so, you know, his thought was, you know, maybe he's been playing injured and um, you know, he said it, he wasn't making an excuse, but, you know, that, that players do do that. However, I don't know if it's an injury because I just don't, I think it's really an effort thing, uh, Baron. And, and I hate ever pinning that on any player because I know how hard these guys work, but I mean, when you watch him, you know, he's coming around on a pole yeah, as the pulling guard, uh, yeah. you know, near uh, the red zone and you watch him and he, keep in mind, he has all the momentum to really just completely bowl over um, whoever his assignment is and I don't remember who his assignment was off the top of my head, but um, it was the weakest pull I've ever seen. There was no block whatsoever. I get maybe like the play, it wasn't supposed to be an impact block. Maybe he's supposed to, you know, push himself off that block and then kind of chain, you know, maybe two blocks in a row, get to the second level and, you know, be that convoy for Todd Gurley. But the way the play was designed, I don't believe that was the case. Um, again, I know context is very important. I'm not saying that maybe that wasn't the case, but it didn't appear to be the case. And even so, if that was the case, he failed because the guy instantly disengaged from the block and was one of the first guys to meet Todd Gurley in the backfield. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think Todd Gurley, um, could have done a better job in that, uh, you know, that situation regardless. Um, but it still doesn't take away from how putrid, uh, Austin Blight's uh, blocking was on that particular play, but it, it's not just you're that right. particular play. I didn't want to rip him in half, so I didn't make a giant thread on why Austin Blythe is terrible. But I mean, <laughs> you've got I a lot of have. likes
1: and retweets, that's for sure. And and it's funny yeah. because you, you talk about that play that you're talking about inside the red zone, but there are a handful of plays uh, that I'm sure you saw and, and us Rams fans also kind of saw. And when he's pulling as a, as a polling guard, he looks so uncomfortable. He looks a little lost, He doesn't look confident in finding the guy he's supposed to be blocking. And like you said, in this occasion and in a few occasions, he just straight misses. Um, A lot has to go to Todd Gurley as well, because I think uh, we're starting to block a little bit better for him. And there were a few, I think, Baldy Breakdowns did a good one of where Todd Gurley missed a wide open lane where he went outside instead of cutting inside. Uh, So he's got to figure out how to read some blocks a little bit better. And, And that may be in part of... You know this offensive line again and not trusting them. And uh, what we saw with Jared Goff and kind of when he felt uncomfortable not trusting that offensive line. But he's got to get some trust back in those guys and, and really get back to what Tyler Gurley really did well, which was read a hole and go flying through it. And so uh, we'll see if those guys can get a little bit better. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the balance in this offense because uh, we did see them run the ball quite a bit as far as numbers go. We talked a little bit off air about this, but a lot of that did come in the fourth quarter or late in the third as they kind of slowed down the pace a little bit. Uh, did you like the balance in the game? Um, and then, you know, even as I guess we could talk about this moving forward, but uh, coming up next week, is this something, and even further into this year, is something we need to continue to do is find that balance between run and pass?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's very important to, you know, balance both the passing and the, the rushing attack. But, um, you know, I think they're they're starting to get the hang of it. Um, you know, I, I slowly but surely, right? You know, it, I think... When you are dealing with this offensive line, I think not only, and and I've seen it, it seems like Todd Gurley's going back to that 2016 year a little bit where he feels like he has to do too much. And, you know, it's almost, it's a mirror version of Trey Mason in 2015 when Todd Gurley came into the fray because it's the thought of, Well, there's a guy right behind me that is about Mm -hmm. to take over my job. And if I don't make every single, um, you know, opportunity blow up, uh, you know, for a good reason, I'm going to get cut. And so I felt like that's what I saw with Trey Mason trying to do too much in the backfield in 2015. And now I see, you know, Todd Gurley kind of going back to 2016, not really um, comfortable behind the offensive line. There are reads that he was making last year. Um, that it was just based on how comfortable he was and it got to the point where he could read it like a regular running back would read it and it feels like this year he's going based on how much he trusts the offensive line and there's been times he runs right into walls yeah. on the right side so then you see the next play he'll try to bounce it to the you know all the way to the outside when really it looked to me like it was about to be an inside zone run so it, you know things like that you you have to um, you have to find balance but you also have to understand that it's not like the Rams being able to run freely last year in the year prior, right? It's more so they've, they've had some obstacles and um, you know, the good news is they, they got Daryl Henderson in there uh, for, you know, legitimate role uh, this past Sunday. And I thought he really impressed. I thought he impressed the game before, um, you know, I, I think it's really important to have the balanced attack because, you know, the, the thing is with Sean McVay, Is It seems like while he can, the Rams are never out of really any game. It seems like even the 49ers game, that was the craziest thing. They just never seemed out of it. Um, But Sean McVay likes things to go the way he wants them to go. And when they kind of have to go off schedule and and they have to change what they're doing, they have to make adjustments. I feel like they do a much better job of making adjustments as a, a defense than an offense yeah. on this roster.
1: No, I totally agree with that, and and that's actually a good segue because we're going to talk about that defense next. They really impressed in the game at Atlanta, and I think we're going to continue to see a lot of good things from them. Uh, before we get there, guys, don't forget my bookie is the premier place to bet on all of your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best. My bookie. Visit mybookie.ag today. Use the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. We'll be right back. Thursday edition Lockdown Rams right after this.
0: The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Lockdown Podcast Network. beginning today all of the locked on nba playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows scout your team and your opponent on the locked on podcast network local experts on the biggest stories it's the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: We are back. We got Jake Ellenbogen with us from Downtown Rams. If you're not giving a follow, go do so. Uh, We talked before this. He has put together a lot of awesome content this last week, and I'm encouraging him to continue to do that. A lot of awesome breakdowns that he really put uh, from that Atlanta game up on Twitter. So uh, feel free to go give him a follow and interact because uh, believe me, he will respond back to you when you say something. And just like us over here at Lockdown Rams, we always love interacting with you guys. But I encourage you to do that. Uh, and so I want to talk to you a little bit about some of those uh, videos that you put up and some of them breaking down the defense, because these guys really stepped up huge last game. I mean, Tlaib and JJ on IR, Matthew still out, Peter's gone. Uh, we looked around this roster and said a lot of people have to step up in a hurry. Oboe had a really great game. Marquise Christian did an amazing job in the run game and also really shut down Austin Hooper, who... Really was a non factor in this game. Troy Hill did a great job on Ridley. Uh who surprised you the most and maybe who impressed you the most? And maybe that person was the same person. I don't know. Your thoughts.
2: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> or surprised well, you the that, most.
2: Well, you know, I think it, it's definitely tough there because, you know, Fowler looks like one of the best pass rushers in the game, uh, you know, following this, this win. Uh, you know. He has 39 pressures on the year. Um, I believe he has eight sacks now. Uh, had three in that game. Had a forced fumble. Should have had four. He literally engulfs Matt Ryan, and somehow Matt
1: Ryan got out of it. Yeah, that was crazy. I love it because Aaron Donald didn't let him go with that either. He, in the post-game interview, he even kind of called him out and was like, he should have had four, and I totally agree with that. <laughs> right. I think he's like third or fourth in the NFL in sacks and he's second in pressures right now uh he has really stepped up and and really i mean looking at him it's kind of nerve-wracking because you just see those dollar signs uh over the top of his head and if he continues to play like this the rams probably can't afford to bring him back unless he wants to come back on a uh nice little hometown discount but this really hasn't been his home for too long so we'll see how that happens but you're right he played amazing and it really helps set up some of those other guys we mentioned on the defense.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll say this right now, Obanai Okaranko got a chance in this game. And when he had an opportunity, he made the most of it. Um, you know, you just like what you see out of, you know, the quickness that you saw, um, you know, <clears throat> from the film, going back to his days in Oklahoma, um, no inside spin move. Remember when I was telling you about this, that he has a tendency yeah. to go with the inside spin move, take himself out of plays. I like that. He's, you know, you can be aggressive, And you can be over aggressive. And I think he was over aggressive um, at Oklahoma. He was trying to get a sack on literally every single rep. And sometimes it's just not possible, right? So, um, you know, I was really impressed with the, you know, most of the snaps he had in this game. There was one in particular um, he made. And this is, I'm going to say this because I think it's hilarious. The guy the Rams traded with the Falcons for the Falcons to get. Uh, was Caleb McGarry, and you'll know him because he was the right tackle that got blown up just about every single play, and and Okoronkwa was like, man, this might be my third game that I'm, uh, you know, active, but I, you know, I sense opportunity, opportunity's knocking, I'm going to take it, and he went right at Caleb McGarry, and it was a bloodbath, I mean, he He beat him with a swim move. He was using his speed. He was using his power. He was using his quickness. I mean, this is somebody that I think, as he continues to develop and and he's in the perfect system uh, that matches his you know athletic ability and his skill set. I think Okoronkwo could be special. Um, there are just so many things to take from you know just his play on tape, and there really wasn't a lot. I mean, it's not like he started the whole game but I will say this right now because we'll talk about it about some other guy later. Okoronkwo and Natres Patrick and Clay Matthews. Don't they pretty much make Samson Ibukam expandable? I mean, yeah. seriously, like Ibukam, I was watching him and I didn't see anything. I mean, like the same matchup that he has, you know, I'm seeing Okoronkwo come in and oh, okay. He, he beats the, the left tackle. He beats the right tackle. I mean, he pushed, He literally shoves um, on this one play. He shoves Jake Matthews, established left tackle in the league. He shoves him back into Matt Ryan, which is where I think he got the ankle injury because he gets sandwiched by a basically a diving uh, Dante Fowler who just broke off the edge and they sandwich and meet in the middle. And it's like Okoronkwo literally shoved. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. He took Jake Matthews and drove him into his quarterback.
1: Fellas, that happens, but that
2: happens from guys know, like Aaron Donald. Think that doesn't and happen from what? edge rusher. Yeah, I mean,
1: right, so, and I love it, too, you know. because we've been sitting here begging uh, this like, like roster, this defensive group, to help out Aaron Donald and get some pressure on the quarterback. quarterback. And now we're seeing, like you mentioned, Oboe. We're seeing Dante Fowler step up huge. When we get Matthews back, he was playing really well. And now we're starting to see some help here. And even they're saying, the Rams are saying, screw it. We're going to put AD out on the outside, which I love love when he's out there. I know a lot of people still want to keep him. him on the inside, and I think Bluetooth he'll play you know majority the of, the of the snaps on the inside, but instead, I think it's, it's always just super fun. It's like it goes back to I know we talked and about this before a little bit with Les Steve right playing Madden with how he's Box trading and dance, doing all that stuff. But I feel like I'm playing Madden with the way that they're you know lining up Aaron Donald on the outside because that's what I would do. I'd go find Aaron Donald, I'd move him out to the outside, I'd use his speed, and I try to just get to the quarterback. And uh it's been fun to watch, but it's been fun to watch these other guys, and I think you're totally right. You know, about Sam. Samson, you know, and, and really where but he fits in on this roster, and it's starting to kind of uh, look a little tough for him. Maybe the odd man out as far as you know who gets the snaps. Because if you're looking at production, uh, we saw it on Sunday, and there was a lot of guys really pitching in. And even on the linebacker group on the inside, you know, there's another guy, Bryce Hager, who's been sitting out with uh, a shoulder injury that me and you were talking about. That kind of su- surprised us because he went from day to day to really missing like three ball games in a row and. You know, we go and get Kenny Young, still kind of curious to see what the Rams are going to do there. But Troy Reader continues to play better and better. And just like any player, especially one that has some talent like Troy Reader, the more opportunities you get, the more comfortable you're going to be out there. The more you're going to understand where your teammates are going to be and it's going to kind of start to come together. So uh, another guy that might be, you know, losing some snaps week by week is going to be Bryce Hager.
2: Yeah. And really quick, I want to bring up because I'm sure you want to uh, move over to the other side of the ball, but or back over the other side of the ball. But I'll tell you right now, Marquis Christian uh, was spectacular. Yeah. Um. You know, he did everything that they asked him to do. And I'm sorry, guys, he didn't get a vacation either. This was like, hey, you you start and you're going to be on, uh, you know, Lee Smith. Right. No, no you're going to be on one of the hottest tight ends in the NFL right now in Austin Hooper, an athletic, a physical tight end. And guess what? He, he not only um, signed up for that. I mean, he, he made his presence felt early on um, Austin Hooper, pressing him right off the line of scrimmage. There was a, you know, a video I posted because I just loved and I felt like no one mentioned it. No one brought it up, but, I just love the physicality. And and that's the same play where Marky Christian falls down, but Austin Hooper is so shocked from the get-go. You can see the play starts. Austin Hooper is so shocked that Marky Christian is trying to press him. It honestly disrupts the entire play for him. Yeah. He is not expecting that he's expecting. Oh, it's a bluff. He's lining up this close to me because it's going to be a free release and I'm going to beat him. And, and that's what, you know, most players in the league believe, but he you could see it's like almost his instincts kick in um and then hooper goes to work and you know people were saying oh well what who cares about physicality if the guy falls down but i'm like that's why he fell down (laughs) that's what that's you know it's like i mean hooper was completely you know discombobulated and it was like matt ryan now realized i can't go to him well
1: i I love it, too, in, in multiple ways. I should send him a nice little thank you note because I was playing Austin Hooper in fantasy, and, uh, you know, when, you, when you're looking at that matchup and you're thinking, oh, okay, a, a Rams defense that, you know, especially Jalen Ramsey in there, they're going to try to get the ball to maybe other receivers outside of Julio Jones. Which they still went to Julio, and he still had a decent day, but you were thinking kind of coming into that, Austin Hooper's got a pretty good lineup as far as, you know, matchup in this game, and he had zero points going into the fourth quarter, and... and you know, the guy I'm playing text me because he was you know running around that day, and he's like, wait, did he get hurt or something? I was like, no, he's just getting locked down right now, and that had a lot to do with the way Marquise Christian was playing. So uh, hopefully we see more of that from him because that is something we can definitely get behind. Uh, but we're going to step aside. We're going to take a break. We're going to get back uh, here on the Thursday edition Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're still going to talk a little bit more about the offense and some other guys that may be – uh you know talked about here in the trade deadline especially as we're seeing other players step up then we're going to look into this london game talk about it a little bit and see if there's anything anything out there that worries us about the Bengals. i'm guessing not but stay tuned to find out thursday edition lockdown rams right after this do you guys ever find yourself wishing that you can make some extra cash with your nfl knowledge well at my bookie they want to make your dream come true this season I mean, if you look at it, between football season, MLB playoffs, and the start of NBA and NHL seasons, it is time to get off the sidelines and get in the action. You got multiple ways to bet. If you're one of the guys that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you multiply games together for a much bigger payout. Want to bet on fantasy? They got that too. Pick the over-under on the fantasy projections Get into the fantasy world while throwing some money down. Or the in-game live betting, which is my favorite. You don't like the score at halftime. You think things are going to change. Put some money down during the game, and you can win your money back. It's like hedging your bet or doubling down on your bet. And if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. I need you guys to listen up. This is your opportunity to get season tickets to the 2020 Rams new stadium. My man, Dave Robles is hooking you up. If you are buying or selling a house in the Los Angeles area, give him a call. Dave is an L.A. native and knows the city in and out. He's an L.A. Rams fan. That should help. He's a really strong negotiator who understands how to get you a good deal on your home or top dollar for your current home if you're selling. He has excellent Yelp and Zillow reviews, so if you don't believe me, just go check those out. Again, check out that website, DaveRobles.com, or just call him, 213-712-434. Four, three, again, you tell him you're from locked on and you're going to buy or sell a house with them. He is going to get you 2020 season tickets to the Los Angeles Rams in the new stadium. If I were you, you're on that fence. Go talk to the wife. Go talk to the husband. Let him know it is time to make a move. You can get season tickets as well as a great deal on your house. Call him for details. 213-712-4343. Dave Robles, the man, the myth, the Robles just don't know people, 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 people me, but they just don't know people me, but they just don't know Come on, baby, let's a good time. all right Rams Nation, third and final segment Jake Ellobogan is with us from downtown Rams we are talking all things Rams we're breaking down that Atlanta game we talked about the offense the line we talked about uh, the defense and some of these I don't want to say no names, but some of these, these names that were buried on the roster a little bit, but due to injury are getting some playing time and being impactful. Uh, so it's been really awesome to see those guys step up and really contribute on to this defense. Uh, one more guy I want to talk about because we talked about this off-air, and I thought this was really interesting and, and your take on it. And I, I really agree about it, but um, you know, we talked about some guys playing really well and getting playing time, and one of those guys was on the offense of the ball and it was Johnny Munt a tight end who really, as we talked about this roster being put together, we were looking at guys, you know, we had what, four or five undrafted uh, rookie free agents that came on and and worked out with us. And a lot of those guys, you know, we looked at saying, hey, maybe he can get in here as the third tight end, because Munt, we were kind of saying, you know, that experiment might be over. Uh, Munt makes the roster. And really this last week starts contributing uh, in multiple ways, but he is a great blocker. He really helped add some protection for Jared Goff back there. And if you're looking at how the tight end group in the room really fills out, you got Gerald Everett, who is becoming now the lead wide receiver for that group, the go to guy in, as far as throwing the ball. Uh, so you got Higby here in the middle getting the most money and really as far as importance and value in this team. And I may be wrong, but talk to me about what you think about this tight end group and, and how it plays out maybe even this year and moving forward.
2: Yeah. So really um, let's just remember the film does not lie. And uh, you know, I I think it's kind of interesting because Gerald Everett slowly, but surely I feel like the Rams are kind of pulling the plug on as a true tight end, right? You know, I think, tight end is one of the hardest positions to learn and, um, you know, develop early on in your career and it's not cut out for everybody. And I think Gerald Everett, um, you know, the Rams are really hoping could be an inline, do it all type of guy. Um, you know, they, they see obviously the production and, and the, the potential of the receiver, but you know, if, if you can turn him into a guy that does it all like a Gronkowski. Obviously, they're not built the same, but, you know, somebody that blocks and somebody that can obviously catch. And, I mean, if if you can do that, that's great. That's the ultimate goal. However, uh, Gerald Everett is among the league leaders in um, aligning out wide or in the slot at tight end. Um, It's an interesting uh, tweet from Graham Barfield. I believe he's with NFL Fantasy, and uh, he tweets this out. Jimmy Graham, 65% of the time, is aligning wide, out wide, or in the slot, not in line. Right. Travis Kelsey, 60%. So there, there's your outlier, right? Because Travis Kelsey, we know, can block. We know he can do it all, but the Chiefs have gotten to the point where look, you know, Kelsey, when when um you know Tyree Kill was out, he was the number one receiver. <laughs> um Mark Andrews, 60%. This is also interesting because they drafted Hayden Hurst. Before Mark Andrews in that draft, and on top of it, they have Nick Boyle who they like. So they kind of feel as though Mark Andrews' athleticism they can move him out wide. And really, I don't think he's played much in line um, this year at all. I mean, sixty percent of the time he's lining you know outside. So it kind of goes to show you, and it's not a bad thing. It really isn't a bad thing at all, um, as long as that's not your only guy. And the Rams aren't just counting on Gerald Everett and you know to be their guy, right? He has surpassed Joshua Reynolds as the fourth option yeah, there. Yeah, by far. And really
1: deserves it because Josh Reynolds uh, – and it's funny because I've seen people say, oh, we need to trade Josh Reynolds and get something back for him. But I don't think there's any value to be back right now because uh, he hasn't shown to do anything this year. And I know that there's some teams that are sitting here going – especially looking at the Rams and how much money they have – that. You know, maybe he's just going to be a free agent. We can go get him next year without having to get anything up, and we can get him for a decent price. Because again, yeah. uh, you know, he's not coming off of a, a great year. But if we go back to the tight end, and and I, you know, we gave Tyler Higby this big contract during the off season, so you wouldn't think that they turn around and move him right away. But uh, we'll have to keep an eye on and see how Johnny Munt continues to play. Because looking at the snap counts on Sunday. Uh, Gerald Everett led the way with 56 snaps, which is 74% um, of the snaps there. And then it was Tyler Higby, <clears throat> excuse me, and then it was Tyler Higby at 49 snaps. And uh, then came Johnny Munt at 16 snaps, that's 21% of the snaps uh, there. And really looking over the first six weeks, uh, his most snaps, Johnny Munt, was two coming into this game. So obviously they're figuring out yeah. that they've got to do something to help out this offensive line and put in. A little bit more blocking there. And then, like you mentioned, uh, using Gerald Everett more as that fourth option in you know a targeted way and not so much as you know using him in there as a blocker. So we'll see how it kind of shakes out. Um, and it's going to be interesting to watch. This trade deadline is getting closer and closer. And, and we know less need is Wheeler and Dealer. So uh, maybe looking at all his options. Before we get out of here, uh, let's talk just briefly about this Cincinnati game because, uh, again, uh, we've talked about it all week here on Lockdown Rams. We're going to talk about it a little bit more tomorrow. But is there anything coming into this game that scares you about the Cincinnati Bengals, or do you think this is a, or do you think this is another uh, tune-up game for the Rams? Get a win, come back home, rest up for the bye.
2: Well, um, you know, I, I think. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andy Dalton doesn't scare me in the slightest. Um, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. In my opinion, I would rather start Jacob Delgado. If you don't know who he is, um, he's the backup, or he might not even be the backup. He might be the third guy. Um, but I actually liked him out of I believe Central Connecticut State. Um, so yeah. That that's how I feel about their quarterback. Joe Zach Taylor is going to have an
1: opportunity to get a really good quarterback next year if they keep playing like this. So I don't know how long we should expect uh, well, yeah. Andy Dalton to be there. But I totally agree with that. Andy Dalton is not a very good quarterback. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, no, no, he he's not. And Zach Taylor, he's he's going to get an opportunity to really. I mean, he, keep in mind this isn't like this is like going up to the red box and picking your <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, he's literally going to be able to pick any yeah. quarterback he wants in a class that has you know, a lot of quarterbacks available, Um, you know, projected, of course, not anybody has declared anything like that, but, uh, but yeah, I I don't really worry about this team. Um, They give up so many yards on the ground. I know it was over 220 at one point. Um, I haven't, you know, gone in and prepared for this game. I was actually going to watch some of what um, the Patriots were doing against the Jets, because I would really be interesting, kind of piggybacking off what you said about Johnny Munt because um, I'm a big fan of what he's been doing lately. I'd be interested to see how much a lead blocker would help Todd Gurley out, like the way the Patriots did on Monday Night right. Football, uh, putting Eric Tomlinson in there and putting um, you know, uh, Ben Watson and even bringing in a reserved offensive lineman and doing that. Um, I think that would definitely be interesting. But I know that's a little off topic. I just had to throw that in there. But, um, but yeah, the way I see this game going is uh, only one way um this is a tune-up game for you, you go in the by five and three you feel good about your offense i told you off air i was a little disappointed in the rams against the falcons you're up big in the fourth quarter to start and you kind of just you know throw in the towel for the rest of the game like you know you're kind of like eh, we're just gonna run out the clock to me your offense isn't good enough to do that not yet anyway so you want to tune up that offense you want to use this you don't want to you know, take the load off. You don't want to, Oh, I don't want to hurt Zach Taylor. (laughs) Look, I (laughs) don't give a damn. Okay. You need there. There's no running up the score. Stop me, you know? And, um, I think it's really imperative that the Rams get on the same page because they got a rough schedule coming up. They got, you know, the the Steelers who are going to be a lot better than um, the Steelers. The Patriots played. Look how normally that's how that works. Um, the So the Steelers in Pittsburgh, I might actually be at that game. Uh, the Ravens in Los Angeles on Monday Night Football, Lamar Jackson versus Jared Goff. Uh, Dak Prescott versus Goff, uh, the Dallas Cowboy game. And then you have the 49ers, the Seahawks again, and then you have two Arizona Cardinal games. And I, I think I'm missing one, but if th- that might right. be it. Um, so, you know, those are, you have five yeah. wins going into the bye, and you need to win a lot of those yeah, games. Yeah, no, it's very, very so. true.
1: And, and talking yeah. about tuning them up and, and making and ironing out some details to get ready for that big stretch, especially you know, getting rested up for the bye. So all that kind of comes into play. Uh, I said yesterday 35-21, but as I sat here and I thought about it, I looked at that number, I was like, 21? I don't know what I was doing giving them 21 points. Uh, I think I'm going to go 35, uh, I think 35-10. I think it's going to be very similar to this Atlanta game. I'm curious to see what the Rams do in that fourth quarter when they're up. And and we saw last week they kind of took the – um you know their foot off the gas there a little bit and kind of just kind of try to get out healthy and move on so i think 35 uh 10 in this one my updated score prediction what do you got as far as the score
2: hmm 35 well shocker you went with the 30 34 35
1: right my wheelhouse
2: (laughs) um i'm gonna go with a different score 45-7. It's going to be very similar to the Patriots blowout against the St. Louis Rams uh back when Chris Gibbons started it off with a huge touchdown. Uh Sam Bradford, Chris Gibbons, and then they did literally nothing the rest of the way. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. I think the Bengals will come out firing to start the um the game off. There's no way they defer. I think that you know, obviously they need to. They need to score points because they can't keep up with the Rams. So um, I think the Rams will defer, and I think the you know the Brown uh, the the Bengals will start off, and I think they'll go down the field. They might score a quick touchdown, or might score you know big touchdown over the top with. Well, it won't be Tyler Boyd because we know Jalen Ramsey is going to take him out of the game. So uh, maybe an Auden Tate or Alex Erickson or somebody like that and then uh, they're not going to do anything the rest of the way. That's how I see it. 45-7, call me crazy for predicting that, but you know what? I I think London, anything can really happen. Um, We've seen London games where the Rams get blown out. We've seen London games where the Rams blow teams out and pitch a shutout, and then we've seen a London game where the Rams lost to the Giants by I think it was three points when they had four turnovers mm. and that was that was a weird game <laughs> so. I think
1: that was one where Case Keenum uh threw a ball so high in the air that yeah, it was. hit the <laughs> the wire from the cable uh that was just a weird game that might have been the game where Jeff Fisher couldn't find his challenge flag either I don't know if that's the same one but uh many memories it many memories been. uh out there in London hopefully we create another one I like it a big win uh something this fan base can definitely get behind and and really take some momentum into the buy so uh, we'll see how it plays out. Jake, my man, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us as always. And we look forward to uh, talking again next week.
2: Thanks so much for having me, Bear. Take care.
1: All right, Rams Nation. You know what it is. Until next time. Peace. People see me, but they just don't know.
0: People see me, but they just don't know. People see me, but they just don't know.